0: Better. There we go. I don't know what happened to my mic. It was working fine earlier, but hey, anyway. Sorry about that guys. Um, mic had a mind of its own. Anyway, welcome to the Skywatcher What's Up webcast. My name is Kevin Lagore. I'm the product specialist for Skywatcher here in North America. And here at the What's Up Webcast we cover everything from what's up in the nighttime sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks on observing and imaging and of course at the end of the month uh, we have a special guest on to talk about you know what they specialize in so um, and we try to make this as fun as possible we try to have every episode be about a different topic so if you ever want to go back and watch them uh that's what they're there for all these are live, most of these episodes are live at the uh, presentation, when they are presented, um, and they are recorded on our YouTube channel, so like I said, you can go back and watch that, um, and hopefully it'll be good for you. Anyway, so this week we're actually covering a topic that someone wrote in about. They wanted to know about software, uh, particularly the SkyX software. Now... We get this question in tech support almost daily. Uh, people are constantly wanting to know how to connect their Skywatcher equatorial go-to mounts to various softwares available online. And I'd like to be right up front that there is too many softwares for us to keep up with. Um, and here at Skywatcher and I'm sure almost any other company that makes mounts that's going to say this too is we're really here to back up our equipment. Um if you're connecting this to anything third party, it's not really the manufacturer that should be up um responsible for knowing the ins and outs of all these softwares. It's kind of like buying a laptop and calling Lenovo or whoever to help you figure out you know Microsoft Word. They're not super responsible for that. I know some people might not like hearing that, but that's the reality of it. And we try to know from experience, because we have different people on our team that use various different softwares and different things like that. um, We try to give our firsthand experience to support those as much as we can, but we cannot be experts on every software out on the market. And there's a lot of good ones out there. You know, there's Stellarium, there's... Uh, for guiding, there's PhD Two, uh, Maxim DL's got some capabilities. I know um, there's Prism. There's obviously the ASI Air Pro is really popular. Uh, there's a wide variety of all different ways you can control your mount other than the hand controller, and that's great. But it might be it, it might fall to you as the owner to understand and put that puzzle together. Uh, In order to control your mount the way you want it to be and we try to provide as much support as possible but we can't provide support on everything because it takes time obviously to learn how those softwares work and how they interact with um, our equipment or your equipment or whatever you're using so just want to be super upfront about that before we dive into this so Like I said earlier, I get questions almost daily about how to connect whatever software to our hardware. And I don't have experience with all of them. But the one I do have the most experience with is SkyX from Software Bisque, And the reason is because that's what I like to use. But also what I really like about SkyX is it has everything all under one roof. when you're putting an imaging system together, it's very much like a puzzle. You've got a mount, you've got your telescope, you've got your focuser, maybe you have a filter wheel, you've got an auto-guider. That's just the hardware. On the flip side, you now have your computer, you have your guide software, you have your pointing software, you have your camera control software, You know, maybe you've got something for your filter wheel that's separate, whatever. It's a freaking puzzle to put all this stuff together. Um, So it makes it difficult um, when you're trying to put all that together, especially when you're new. When you're new, you go on to the forum websites or somewhere online and you have 50 different opinions about what you should get. You've already spent some money on your equipment and you're learning that, but then you hear, oh, I should get this guide software, or I should get this, and I should get that. And what I encourage beginners to do is don't jump into this I'll, don't jump into the deep end quickly because if you've never done this before astrophotography is very difficult and if you've never done this before and you have just bought your first equatorial mount you don't know what the you don't know how to align it yet maybe you're not familiar with the nighttime sky you don't really know your camera that much please 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 as someone who works with people always on this um, please take your time There's no race to get this going. Um, Learn how your mount works. Go out a couple nights with the hand controller. Yes, I said it. The hand controller. Yeah, go out and use your mount as you got it, as it comes out of the box. Get familiar with that first. Then add your telescope or use your telescope with that, but use it maybe visually. Just, Just get used to aligning your mount. Once you've got that down, pop your camera on it. Start learning your camera. Maybe you're already familiar with your camera because you have a DSLR or a mirrorless camera or whatever. Great. Learn how that works um, on a telescope. Learn how to focus. Um, learn how to align with your camera rather than an eyepiece. And then from there, start to add pieces. You know, maybe start taking longer exposures. Uh, maybe look at adding an auto guider learn how the auto guide software works and then add one piece at a time because if you don't you're going to have all these issues pop up I guarantee it whether it's the telescope or the mount or the software or whatever something's going to happen and you're not going to know where it's going to come from so taking steps into this is A really good idea and I know you're excited to get your stuff you're excited to get out there and take those images and share them with your friends but please take your time on this now what drives me nuts when it comes to software nowadays is there's ton of them and a lot of them you're you're having multiple softwares running multiple things on your mount. to me that just seems like a mess and you're just asking for some driver not to work or some USB not to work or whatever. So I like to keep things as simple as possible. And with that being said, that's why I've really liked using SkyX. Now, if you're not familiar with SkyX, it's made by a company called Software Bisque. Uh, they've been in the game a long time. Um, you might be familiar with the Sky and then there was the Sky 6. I probably even missed a couple generations in there but there was the sky then there's sky six and then there's the sky x um which is the current version and it's a planetarium software as you can see here we can you know move around and navigate the sky and all that fun stuff um that's awesome it does all of that um sorry i wanted to get this uh there are a number of free try softwares to give you an easy route to learn um Yes, there are, there's a bunch of ways you can approach this. So um, the SkyX is very similar. It's a planetarium software, but it does a lot more than just show you constellations and what's up. Um, it controls everything. It controls the pointing of the mount. It controls... So let me just go down here. This is how the SkyX is actually organized when you get it. Um, I'm using SkyX Professional. There's a couple different versions of it. There's the serious edition, uh, imaging edition, and professional edition um, at the moment. But we'll show you, I'll tell you the differences on all those and what they give you. Um, This is not a freeware. I know that's really appealing about a lot of softwares out there is they're free and I understand that completely. Um, But when you invest in your equipment, and when I mean equipment, it's not just your telescope and your mount. It's also your software. Um, you're going to get something for your money. And I know software isn't this, you know, sexy, tactile thing like, a, you know, a camera where you can take it out and show your friends and all that stuff. But software is a good investment uh, because that is the brain. That's what controls everything. Um, it's one ring to rule them all. Um, so you want to make sure that's going to be... A really nice experience uh, for you to make your life easier so you're not wasting your time out and about. I'm not saying the other softwares are gonna do that. It's just this is what I find to be the simplest uh, route. So here's how SkyX is set up. You get this, you plug in your time, it takes it off the computer. Great. Typical stuff. What I like about this is because SkyX can control everything all in one software. I don't have a window for guiding. I don't have something controlling the mount. I don't have something controlling the camera. It's all right here and nice, easy, organized tabs. So if I wanna find an object, I hit the find tab and you can customize these too. You can get rid of some of these. So there's the find tab. I type in an object, you know, M42, finds it, boom. There's M42, simple, easy. We all know how that works. Uh, The next one is labels. I don't normally have this up. I usually get rid of it because I don't really need it. Actually, we can do that right there. Boom. Gone. Just hit the X button. Telescope. Telescope is basically your mount. And you can go in, hit that, you go to drop down menu, choose, and you can see that they have a ton of different equipment listed in the mount controls. So... A lot of that can be done through ASCOM. If you have an ASCOM driver, that's great. Um, but what I really like about SkyX and what Software SoftwareBisc does with their software is they've written their own drivers. They're called X2 drivers, and these come natively in the SkyX. And the ability is, you don't have to download a driver for your mount. If this is in here, they've probably gone through the effort of making that driver internally. It's very turnkey on this software. Um, I know there's some questions in here. There's a lot to cover, so I'm going to try to wait for the questions at the end. So just a heads up. Um, so that's the telescope. I'm going to show you how that works in a minute. Then you have your camera tab. You can go in, same thing with the mount, go to the drop-down menus, choose. This is over here now. Um, they've written X2 drivers for all the major camera companies you can possibly think of. Um, so... There you go. If you're a ZWO shooter, boom, there it is. Starlight Express, pick your camera. There you go. Um, big, no problem. Big list of stuff right there. QHY, QSI, you know, Malincamp, Imaging Source, Finger Lakes, all the big stuff is in there. Native drivers, ready to go. You might have to download the actual driver um, so your computer recognizes the the camera, like if you have a ZWO camera, you're gonna have to go on to ZWO and download their driver so your computer understands it. That's pretty much it because this is what's gonna be, there's no third party driver at that point. It's just what's in the software and maybe your manufacturer's driver. That's it. Clean cut. Um, filter wheel. Again, nice and easy. Choose, I don't know why it's popping up on my second screen. Uh, pick your filter wheel and then on down motor focusers. If you have an observatory dome and you're running professional edition, um, you can control your observatory in here. That's only in the professional edition, though. I'd like to uh, make that um, auto guider. I don't need to have a third party software running auto guiding. It's in here. And I can also treat my auto guider like a second imaging camera in here as well, so I can tell it to auto guide, or I can t- click this tab right here, and boom, it's a second camera ready to go. Um, video. Uh, I haven't messed with this one much, but you could do that. Um, video guider. If you have a rotator on your telescope, I'm going to go get, get rid of video because we're not going to be using that. If you got a rotator on your system, awesome for you. Same thing. Um, if your OTA has some special connections, a lot of the high-end telescopes do. Maybe they have a cooler and heaters on their, their mirrors and such. Um, there you go. Um, and power control. This is new. I haven't played with this new tab yet. Um, I know there's stuff like the Eagle and all these other control boxes. Um I'll have to look in more with SkyX or Software BISC about the power control. This was just recently added in a recent build. So I'm going to go ahead and get rid of that too. And the OTA because we don't need that. Um, I don't need the observatory one. So there I go. I have fine telescope, camera, filter wheel, focuser, auto-guider, rotator. All the usual stuff that you're probably going to need. That's it. I cleaned up my whole experience right there. That's all I'm going to need. Awesome. Another thing I would like to mention about SkyX, because I know we get a lot of crap for this, is SkyX is multi-platform. You can use it on Windows, you can use it on Linux, and you can use it on Mac. So that is a major, major plus um, for SkyX. It's multi-platform and easy to use on all of that. So that's kind of sweet. We are trying to make our Mac experience better for Skywatcher. That's been a process, but hey. All right. So that's just the general overview of SkyX. That's why I like using it. Streamlined all under one roof. It's a nice thing to use. But how do I get that to work with my Skywatcher Syn Scan? And that's how I'm gonna show you right now. So as you can see behind me, I've got a EQ6R back there. It's got a little EvoGuide 50, just cause I don't need some telescope taking up a ton of room in the office. Um, I've got that already connected um so, but I'm going to show you how to do this. So right now, um Skywatcher obviously has or has a USB direct on the side of our mounts. Um SkyX does not work with the USB direct yet. Um we are working on that with them and hopefully that will hopefully maybe once you've seen this and it's pre recorded in the future, maybe this will be handled already, but we are working on that. So, first thing you have to do to get SkyX to work: first off, you got to buy SkyX and download it, um, and do the initial setup. There's some big databases you have to do with SkyX um, because of the ability to plate solve, which we will talk about here in a minute. Uh, but the first thing you have to do to get your SkyWatcher equatorial go-to mount to connect is you have to do a one-star at least alignment um, first. So what you're going to do is you're going to turn on your Skywatcher mount as you normally would. Put in your date, time, location as you normally would with the hand controller. I know it's a hand controller. We're working on making this smoother. Um, And just do a one-star alignment. All you're basically doing with the one-star alignment is you're you're initializing and orienting the mount. That way the mount's encoders know where it's pointing and where it's reading out. Once that's done, you can then connect it to your computer. And you do not have to set your hand controller to PC mode to do this. So a lot of our modern-day V5 controllers have a USB-B, B is in boy, on the bottom. It's the same as a printer USB. You're going to find that, you're going to get a USB-B, and you're going to plug it into the bottom of the controller and you would probably have your hand controller connected to the mount, but this is just a demo. So we have our PC connection there at that point, and we are ready to switch control over to, sorry, something in my eye, to Sky X. So we have our initial alignment on the hand controller, we have the USB-B plugged into the bottom of the controller, and now we need to link the two together. So we're going to go up here to the Telescope tab. You're going to go to Mount Setup, click that. The window's going to pop open. Up at the top you'll see a, a drop down button for uh, mounts. You're going to go to Choose and it's going to open up the mount uh, selection. This is their whole database of what they can support. And you're going to find Skywatcher about midway down. You can ignore all of this here. I'm not exactly sure why it's there. Um, the one you need to worry about if you're using Equatorial is the bottom one. Skywatcher Syn Scan EQ mode. Once you've highlighted that, it should highlight or selected that, it should uh, turn into a blue bar. Go ahead and hit OK. And it should load it up here into the mount version. And then from there, you can either One thing you're going to want to check is you want to go um, once you've selected the mount we're going to work with you're going to go back to settings that's going to open up the com port uh, window and you're going to find what wherever your mount is selected mine just happens to be com port 8. go ahead and select that and hit OK. so that way that knows what port the communications are going to be made through. From there, we're ready to connect. If everything's done right, your mount's been aligned to at least one star, you're ready to go. Go ahead and hit connect. It'll turn to green. You're going to get this error. You're going to, I'm sorry, I can't talk. You can actually go ahead and close this window. Um, But you're going to see this yellow donut on your screen. That is the position of the telescope. From there, you are now able to slew the telescope anywhere you want so you know let's just say m42 is up right now um type it in hit find hit slew um on a new setup of uh sky x it's going to ask you to confirm the slew give you the deck and ra and all that do you want to do it um you hit yes to slew it um i don't use this after a while you don't need to be asked over and over you can say you can uncheck that so it doesn't pop up again go ahead and hit yes And it's going to hit that and the mount behind me should start slewing to its particular target.
1: So it's going to go off and
0: find it. It is on the other side of the meridian at this point. So it has to do a meridian flip um, at that point. So it's going to head over to M42 um, and hopefully find that. Because I did line this up ahead of time just so we could save time on this. So as our EQ6 goes off and finds it, the little EvoGuide 50 that's piggybacked on there, um, it's gonna slew right up to where it thinks Orion is. Now, bear in mind, we've only done a one-star alignment at this point. So we might have to refine our alignment a little bit. I would have picked a closer object if I knew it was gonna take long, actually, so. Anyway, while that's slewing to the target, Like I said earlier, we've only done a one-star alignment and maybe we need to refine that a little bit. Now, a lot of the modern-day softwares do what's called plate solving. And if you're not familiar with what plate solving is, uh, plate solving is where you can actually take a picture of the nighttime sky and software will then match that image to a star field in the database. So it's actually taking an image and registering that it's like a fingerprint that really unique area of the nighttime sky and it's going to plate solve against the sky so it knows what it's looking for so to know where exactly the telescope is now i know there's different softwares out there that do that and it probably does it more for to know that it's pointing in the right direction and in the right position Thank you about the fish tank. I have about a foot behind that before it would hit it, but yes, that'd be bad. Um, what SkyX can do is they have a software inside of SkyX called T-Point. T-Point is an alignment uh, software, I guess, or part of SkyX. Uh, it helps with the alignment. Um, so what you're gonna do at this point, we've got our mount, it's, you should have polar-aligned your mount like with the Polar Scope or a Pole Master or whatever you're gonna use. Polar align the mount, do your one-star alignment, connect like we've done now. Now we wanna refine our pointing at this point. Now, the cool thing about this is we're gonna go up to Telescope up here, T-Point add-on, and it's gonna pop up this new T-Point window. Now, I don't have any previous alignment um, data inside of skyx at this point um, if you did and you needed to clear that out you would go setup, new hit new to clear that out and it would clear out the previous alignment data what's cool about this though is let's say you have an observatory and you have two telescopes on it and this is regardless of the mount you have a piggy you have a big telescope and then maybe you have a piggyback telescope on your mount you can actually do two different alignments for each telescope and you can switch the alignment so that way you can actually plot or it'll point better for that particular uh, telescope so you can see right here it says save open you can save these alignment models is what they're called t-point models and you can open them up and reload that depending on which system you want to use this is only if it hasn't moved Maybe you've got it wrapped up in your backyard or maybe you've got, you know, a laptop that you take from your observatory to the field and when you get back, you just want to load that. You can save these. So that's that. So we've cleared out our T-point run and this is how we set this all up. So you're going to go up to automated calibration, click that, and it's going to open up a new window. Um, I... I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself on this. So when when you're gonna do a T point run, you need to make sure your camera is on. Now I don't have a camera set up here, so we're just gonna use the software BISC um, simulator. So they have a simulator here, we'll just click that. But you can pick whatever you want, whatever camera you're gonna use. If you're like ZWO, click that, um, whatever. It's very similar to the telescopes. Um, find which one you want, click it, it'll highlight in blue, hit okay. it should load it in there, go ahead and hit connect. And it'll say ready in green if it's all ready to go. Now, now that we've got our camera hooked up, um, the way T-Point works is it's gonna slew the telescope all over the sky taking pictures. And it's going to plate solve those images. And what this T-Point model that we're gonna build, and model's an important word here, it's not an alignment, it's a model. An alignment is where you just align the mount. So it's oriented, it knows where it's going to go. That's great. Um, a model, like what happens in T Point, is it's not just confirming where things are in the nighttime sky, but it's also mapping out the flexure in your telescope system. When your telescope points to the south, it's going to bend in a different way than it would be if it's pointing in the north. That affects your pointing and tracking. What's really neat about T point is as you're doing this alignment process, it's not just aligning and figuring out where things are. It's also mapping out flexure in your system. A lot going on in here. So we need to set up how long those initial exposures are going to be. Now, generally with modern cameras, I find one to two seconds and you can just set it in there two seconds. you got to figure out what your image scale is, and I will show you that in a minute. Let me make sure. Let me just
1: pull up a fit file real quick, and I'll show you guys how this works. That's not the one I wanted. Um, should have had this open ahead of <clears> time. <throat> Uh, there we go put bit file on the desktop all
0: right so normally the way you would go about doing this is you want to know your image scale your your arc second per pixel so it can map that out um, if you're go- i would also recommend that if you're going to do alignment you want to do a two by two bin it makes it go faster um just do it it makes it go faster um, also if you're going to be doing a t-point alignment you want to make sure that you're using like a basic light pollution filter or an rgb or no filter don't use a narrow band filter it the exposures get too long and it takes a while now you're all set up there so we'll just say our arc second per pixel is 1.5 for whatever it is. I'm going to do two seconds make sure you're binning two by two Um, and then you can go over here to create pointing targets. Now most mounts like in Skywatcher are we have a three point three star uh, three star alignment is our max. SkyX is really crazy because you can actually choose how many you want. Um, I think 24 is like the minimum that it needs to make a good model. Um, but you can take the slider down here and you can go all over the place up to about five, 786 points. I mean, we can actually make that bigger if we adjusted the window here. And this is what I really like about uh, SkyX as far as, it's a, as the alignment process is... A lot of us are in a backyard and there's a part of the sky where there's a tree in the way or the house is in the way you can go in and you can customize where you want the mount to do the alignment and where you want it to avoid so like i have a tree in the north in my backyard so i don't want it to go over there so i can actually with these little things here i can actually customize my pointing model maybe you live on a balcony and you can't see north at all um you can tell it not to go over there. Another thing is, especially I like using refractors and they're really long and you can hit the tripod or the pier. So I want to avoid zenith while we're at that too. So let me fix this up here. I want it to avoid this area cuz I have a big tree in the way and I don't want it to hit the tripod. So I'm going to drag this out and we're going to avoid that area. So it's not going to point here or anywhere over here. Completely avoid those sections of the sky. Uh, I can still do up to 560 points. That's ridiculous. Um, It's going to take a while to do something like that. You don't need that many. Um, Normally, I would say 24 minimum. However, if you actually get up to about 75 points, it's right about there, 77 points, there's a new algorithm that kicks in uh, for this, which allows it to refine the pointing accuracy a little bit more. So... Um, If you're going to do some advanced imaging and you really want to get the most out of it, I would do 75 at least um, to do this. So we've picked our alignment points. We have our camera set up. And now we're ready to go. So what's going to be really neat about this is because we have all of this in here, this is all the points that the mount is going to align to where the camera is going to plate solve and take a picture. I don't know how it generates this but it's specific for what it wants to do um we're going to avoid this and the north part um i don't know if i can get rid of this guy you can actually tap little points in there if you want to add more um so we'll have to let me go ahead and clear this i'll have to remember it so yeah anyway so we're ready to go and what's nice about this is it's going to be automated so right now all we have to do is hit run it will ask you this just hit okay and then if we were out in a nighttime sky um you'll actually see the telescope behind me it's just going to start slewing to each of these objects taking pictures until this is done so it's slewing to target it's going to find that target camera's going to automatically take that short picture two seconds at this point it's going to plate solve that position and it's going to do that through all those 77 points until it's done and when it's done it's going to build a model and at that point you can go in and refine that model it's going to tell you how far off the pole you are um, so you can do a, a refining on the polar alignments um, And it does, it's a very, very powerful thing. So not only are you aligning the mount, you're mapping the flexure in your system, so it'll point better. And you're gonna be able to refine your polar alignment. Now, I don't have a camera right now and there's no star field to register. So it's gonna say image link failed and it's gonna go to the next target. It's gonna take another picture, register that, and it's gonna keep doing that until it goes all the way down the list, building this model. Um now it, when it's dark outside and and it's taking pictures you actually see the images come up here. It's black right now because we're not using anything. But it's going to go down that list finding different things and mapping that image out against the night side sky database in here and it will build that model allowing your mount to point even tighter. So that's how that works. We're going to go ahead and stop that. Once that's done um, it'll pop up here and you'll just hit finish um, you usually have a bunch of different data points right here you hit finish you go up to model and you want to hit supermodel down here now we don't have a model installed at the moment so normally there'd be all these little uh, data points right here uh, It'd be a target with a bunch of little uh, yellow points in there and you go hit and hit apply that would apply that model even further And then from there, you can actually go to polar alignment and you can do rough polar alignment and accurate polar alignment. This is where the mount would slew to a bright star and it will produce a list showing you a selection of stars. And you'll actually be able to adjust the latitude adjustment, like the big bolt on the back here and the azimuth adjustment bolts. I don't have them installed on this mount, but you can actually make adjustments to your mount to refine your polar alignment. And if you're close enough, you can actually hit apply. I don't, let me see if I can get this uh, next. We didn't do that, so I'll we'll have to skip through that. Um, but once you've done that, you don't actually have to go back and redo your alignment. When you've done the accurate polar alignment, it'll take your model and it will shift everything over automatically for you so you're ready to go. At that point your mount's going to start pointing all over the sky wherever you want to go and it's it's mapped this out and this is repeatable so you can keep this model in your computer especially if you haven't moved the mount and come back to it night after night after night as long as nothing is moved and you can use that over and over and over again um, if you are in an observatory i recommend maybe once a quarter just refreshing stuff um but it's, it's definitely a sweet system to do at that point, um, but it will keep all of that going. Now, now that we've done our alignment, our mounts aligned, um, if you want to slew to an object and you wanna know that it's centered, uh, we can do what's called a closed loop slew. Now, a lot of softwares do this. This is how they point to an object, but we we're going to point to an object We've already got an accurate model built. But this is really helpful for the Skywatcher mounts. Um, if you just want to ensure that it's in position exactly where you want it to be. So let's say we want to find um, Orion's not far, we'll just use M40. Let's actually let's do the horse head. IC434. You're gonna go type your object in under the telescope tab, hit find, gonna find it, and you have a slew button here. We could hit slew and it would go right there. Or you can hit closed loop slew. Closed loop slew is going to slew it. It's going to go over there and find it. And when it gets on target, it's going to take a picture, plate solve it, and if it's off, it's going to shift over and plate solve again until it knows it's on target. Now we don't have any stars visible right now, so that's not going to help. but you would be able to match this up and it will automatically recenter. And so it knows exactly that your object is in the frame that you want it to be. And it's not just doing that off of position, it's actually taking a picture and matching it. And it knows that it's off the field because it's matching the stars. So if you're not sure what plate solving is, I didn't really explain it. Let me show you this real quick. So we're going to go open Fits Files and do a desktop and just get an image that i've got so this is an image of the veil nebula that i shot a while ago and it's a, it needs to be a fits file which is a raw file that's going to come off of most dedicated astronomy cameras so you see all the stars in there there's the veil blah 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 um, we need to plate solve this so this is what normally it would do automatically so Here's our setup here. I've loaded that in there. There's two ways you can do this. Um, You can do find astrometric solution right here or all sky search. So it's gonna look at that, see right there, it's matching all those star points up there in the image. It's registering that and it's going to match that to the database. There it is. It snapped it right there. And it's gonna be off because the Veil Nebula isn't up right now. But it will have matched it correctly if the object is up in the nighttime sky. I didn't have a horse head shot to throw in there real quick, but all these points that it's matched. So it's going to give you the RA, the deck, and right here it's going to give you your image scale as well. So I can tell a lot about what's going on on your system with this. Um, It also tells me full width half max as well, Um, so how tight the stars are in there. When people are telling us that their mount isn't working correctly, we get a FITS file. We actually run it through here. Like we can plate solve it, and we can find out where your mount is drifting, like what direction, so we can figure out what's going on with it. So um, it's very helpful. Um, another really cool thing about this particular ability to plate solve is, let's say you've imaged a target last winter let's say we did an image of the Horsehead nebula last fall and we want to we got a better telescope or we want to add some more data to that and make a better picture you can go back as long as you've saved your fits files from that image you can go back open this up like i just did there plate solve it and your telescope will slew right back to that same position so it can be helpful if you're doing things night after night after night and you want the positioning to be the same. Um, and you can do that by just opening up an old image. Again, it has to be a FITS file so it can register it, but it plate solves it, which basically means it connects the dots and matches that to the exact frame that you're looking for. So a very, very powerful capability. And a lot of modern day stuff is going to be able to plate solve. I just don't know to what extent. The nice thing about SkyX is it has a very, Powerful plate solving software that is doing a lot of work um, to help your mount point to help your mount track and map out any odd issues like flexure in your system so it's uh, very advanced software to use and then of course the thing I like about it like I said earlier is it's all under one roof I, I don't need to have A third-party guiding software I don't need to have something for the camera the filter wheel it's all right here all clean and organized and nicely you know easily accessible for you to use you're ready to go so that's a lot a lot of the reasons why we like using SkyX now like I said before this isn't a freeware and here's the different versions on BISC's website You have Sirius Edition, which I believe gives you telescope control. You have Imaging Edition, which gives you everything you're gonna need for the imager, especially if you're in the field. Then you have Professional Edition. Now I have Professional Edition. Um, I don't feel like you really need Professional Edition. Most people are gonna want Imaging Edition. Um, The nice thing about Imaging Edition is it really comes with everything you're going to need it has SkyX, it has the camera control section it has the t-point add-on all of that is packaged ready to go so you you are set Um pro edition is going to give you like observatory control and some things that as a field imager that you're not going to need so professional edition is great it gives you everything but there's a lot of stuff there that you probably will not use if you're just in the backyard or you're in the field. Imaging Edition is probably what you'd want to look at. Now, it is about 500 bucks for the software. And I know a lot of people will freak out and cringe um, at that price tag. But again, you're paying for a software that's controlling your entire imaging system. Everything. So... That's something that's worth investing in. I know there's freewares out there that work great and they're probably good to get started, but investing in your system, especially with the software, is also important. I know it's not a camera or filter or telescope, but it's worth it. Now, I'm sure some of you have seen there is a subscription fee. Um, That's an annual fee. And basically what that just allows you to do is keep the software up to date as they come up with new builds. Um, So even if your subscription disappears, you can still use SkyX. If it's on your computer, it's yours. Great. Um, But if you want to update to the latest builds, maybe they added some new features, that's what the subscription fee is basically giving you. So that's up to you if you want to continue with that or not. But if you're using a Skywatcher mount, you're not in an observatory, imaging edition is really all you're going to need um if you're in an observatory and you want all the bells and whistles then professional edition is worth checking out as well so um you have to take a look at that um, and see what's going to work for you so that's that's software bisque's uh, website if you have any questions about the SkyX, I would honestly reach out to them directly to get the most out of it um so yeah, that is pretty much SkyX and how it interfaces with the, the SYNSCAN hand controller. It's a very simple process. Just do a one-star alignment, USB-B from your computer to the bottom of your hand controller, and then just go up to Telescope and hit Connect, and you're ready to go. There is no extra driver. You don't have to download some extra program. It's already in there. It works for Mac, Linux, and PC as well. So ready to go on a lot of different platforms and it's going to give you all the control under one software so nice clean easy and organized um, I know we're getting to the end I know there's some questions out there that probably are going to take um, some time oh I would like to mention that some of the big modern cameras like the new IMX 455 cameras which is the QHY 600 and the ZWO 6200 um, Skyx now has a 64-bit version that you're going to want. Um, so you can do that. That would be really helpful. Um, so you don't run out of memory if you're using those big chip cameras and probably a lot of modern day stuff. So 64-bit is something you want to check out as well. Okay, questions. Um, do you know if the latest build of SkyX is compatible with Windows XP? Please don't make fun of XP. So far everything works, so I'm trying to fix something that's not broken. Um I'm not sure. That's probably a good question for BISC. I would reach out to Software BISC. Um I'm running a Windows 10 machine, so I'm I don't know. But I would recommend uh talking to Software BISC about that. Uh let's see, next question. I assume that other entities like EQ6R are for EQ direct control. Uh, there's no direct connection for SkyX and SynScan yet. Uh, it is in the works and hopefully in the near future that will change. I know that's something we're pushing for. So it's just a, uh, yeah, it, it would be, uh, it's coming. So not yet. So uh, next question, what do you recommend for post-processing images? Post-processing is a whole nother video, essentially. Um, as far as softwares go, Photoshop is a major, in my opinion, is a must if you're going to be post-processing images. It gives you all the control that you're going to need. Um, for stacking, uh, you're going to want something like Deep Sky Stacker. That's a a pretty nice freeware that does a nice job stacking. Um, PixInsight is probably the biggest software right now that people use for processing. I use it for a lot of stuff and then I'll move stuff into Photoshop Um, but honestly you can get a nice range of stuff done with just Sky Stacker and Photoshop. That's you know basic stuff right there. Those are the two I would recommend. You want a lot of advanced controls and again much like SkyX you want a lot of things under one roof. Um, PixInsight is kind of the end-all, be-all software at the moment. Um, you almost don't need Photoshop in a way if you have PixInsight, and I think PixInsight's like 230 bucks right now. But again, it's multi-platform um, as well. So that's what I tend to use for software processing. Maxim DL is also another one that does stacking and it does some telescope control too. Um, but I haven't used Maxim DL in a long time, so you have to see what their latest offerings are. Um, You are going to want something, this is more for the future proofing of stuff. There's a lot of modern day cameras that are coming out now with really big sensors, lots of data in those images. You want to make sure that a lot of the the new softwares are going to be 64-bit compatible so they have the memory to keep up with a lot of these big uh, image files. So, um, it's just something to, to take a look at there. So... Um there's only a handful of cameras that have the memory problems because of how big their files are like the ZWO 6200 is a fantastic camera but the software's need to have 64-bit capability to handle the data files because they're so big. So Deep Sky Stacker has 64-bit, PixInsight has no problem with it. Um but yeah, that would be my recommendation if you're doing post-processing, basic stuff. Uh Deep Sky Stacker, Photoshop, Advanced, uh, PixInsight would be my recommendations. for that. Um, if there's any other questions out there, now there's another thing in here. Let me try to find it real quick. I'm going to close SkyX here. And I'm going to bring up another hidden gem inside of um, SkyX. Um, it's called LTI. LTI was designed for in-field imaging. It's basically a refined version of SkyX, and it really shrinks everything down to be used on like a tablet, and really makes in-field. Uh, I'm
1: gonna let me move this, or
0: I'm gonna have to switch to the other one. Just a second. There's two versions of it. There's full screen and then there's a window version. Um, I wanna make sure I can drag it to the other monitor here real quick and I'll show you guys LTI. If I can get that up here, it takes a little bit. Um, There it goes. So this is LTI. LTI is basically um, sky for field imaging. Um, You can actually get LTI if you have SkyX. It's just a real simple file change and it gives you this tablet friendly version of the SkyX and it's very watered down. Um, You just have mount control, imager control, filter wheel, and focuser. Um, There is no auto guiding capability in here um, yet. I'm not sure if they're going to add that uh, but if you're not doing guiding this is something you can do. but you can control a Skywatcher mount with this. Um if I can get it to connect. Let's find our mount.
1: Go ahead and hit connect. Oh, I don't have the right port set. That's why it's important.
0: Port 8. Connect. There we go. And cameras, not a big deal. So uh Go ahead and hit connect. There we go. So the mount's good to go. Um, what's cool about this version is it's designed to be used in the field. Much smaller package. Um, you can use it on a tablet. Um, if you're running some fast system, like you have a DSLR, or maybe you have a hyperstar or something that you don't really need to do guiding with at the moment, LTI can be fun. Um, the other reason I really like LTI is you can automate. Uh, so right here. We're all connected. You would go down to Imaging Run. We have to select a target first, so let's just say I see 434. If I, you want to go ahead and select some stuff real quick. Just show you this real quick. And, and 78. So that's all in the same area. So once we have this all done, it might just be because I don't have this all set. Let me pick a demo camera on just a sec. Software BISC.
1: Um, Oh, I selected filter wheel. Sorry. Let's choose a camera. Simulator. There we go.
0: So connect to that control imager. So what's cool about this is you can go in here and you can actually program all of this stuff so we're going to say we want to do that and then we want to do a focus run we could do a focus run if we weren't doing that we're going to go to this target next and then we're going to do this target next and you can basically program a run and hit go and lti will allow the mount to go over take pictures you can do a whole automated run this is how we do our remote imaging and it automates the whole night uh, and there's one more question here. Uh, if you guys have questions on LTI, go ahead and ask um, Fisk about that. Do any slash all of these SkyX softwares work with the Wi-Fi adapter on the EQ6R? Not at the moment. Um, it's something we would like to do in the future. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that that would be an option moving forward. So do keep an eye out for the direct connection and maybe wifi connection with the apps uh, moving forward. With that so we'll see where that goes um, that's pretty much it for this uh, I know that was a lot of information on a relatively complex software if you have any questions you can go ahead and e- email us at info at or you can ask software bisque about all the ins and outs of uh, that but if you're looking to really streamline your imaging setup and not have a bunch of different windows open up you want it all under one system, uh, SkyX is what we use that's what we test with and it makes it very easy to just you know get right to what we're here to do um, does work on all Skywatcher go-to equatorial mounts and that's what we recommend as far as software if you're looking for something to control your mount um, again if you have any other questions go ahead and email us at info at skywatcherusa.com uh, if you have product questions go ahead and email us at support at skywatcherusa.com uh, and if you like what we do here on the webcast, please like and subscribe. And uh, we're happy to have you here every Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Next week, I believe, we are talking about the difference between monochrome and color cameras. Let me just look that up real quick. I got the schedule off the top of my head. Um, got a lot of cool videos actually coming up. Um, but this one would be really cool. Oh yeah, next week we're doing monochrome versus color cameras. So major major point of conversation, they both have positives and negatives. So definitely come back next week, join us for that. Um thank you, enjoy it. At the end of the month we have Dr. Vishnu Reddy from the University of Arizona and then we head into August. So lots of cool videos coming up. Uh thanks for spending your Friday morning with us. If you have any other questions, please let us know. And uh that's about it. So thanks very much. Have a great weekend. And uh, stay safe, guys. Have a good one.